September 12, 2020, it's a Watt from Pedro show.
Buff for Pedro Show. Hey, everybody. Happy Saturday. In the, we're getting towards the middle of September. Time is flying. Uh, Brother Matt at the Love Grotto. Pleasure point a couple miles south because we're still in quitting quarantino mode. But I am not man alone because of those geniuses in Estonia with their Skype software. I got uh, <laughs> well, Mr. Fnu. <laughs> Fnu Clone. <laughs> Fnu Ronnie's. Uh, a beautiful man. I, we started the show off with I Never Knew from Kenny Burnell, John Coltrane. This is kind of rare because John Coltrane usually didn't uh, record with guitars, but he did with Kenny Burrell. They made a whole album. In fact, I went and saw Kenny Burrell. I did not know that. I didn't know he There's ever our guest, people. You can hear. I'm not man alone from the city. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. Uh, Watch for Life from the new Ronnies. And this is uh, like early on. But I want to go before that, Jim. What about your earliest musical recollection? Okay. So just a quick um, update. It's new clone now. It was Funeronis. That's a defunct outfit for, that was uh, based in Philly. And then I, I moved out here, and then it just morphed into Fnu Clone. So you're asking me way what back, was my first way record? Way back, way back. Way back, way back, way back. Well, I was just thinking about that this morning because someone posted an article about uh, if to uh, fact check if uh, if the original drummer was Chevy Chase for Steely Dan, and because <laughs> I I made a post about that and people were like, no, nope, you're wrong. I was like, what? I always thought Steely Dan because he used to be in a band called Ultimate Spinach uh, out of Boston before that. So it started to make me think of like, wow, what were my first memories about music and all that, and what what made me come to love and and just have a lifelong pursuit of music. And I was thinking how I was in a car with my mom and dad, and I had to be like three or four years old. And one of the first songs I remember is Do It Again by Steely Dan. First Jack, album. Jack, Do It Again. And every time I hear it now, it just kind of throws me back there, but it's kind of a mind trip surreal because of the lyrics saying, Back Jack, Do It Again as well on top of that. So it's kind of a meta reference there. But that... Singing to my kindergarten teacher, I used to uh, supposedly sing Fat Domino songs to her. Um, you know what I just that... discovered about Fats Domino? What? There was another rock and roller that did a pun on his name. Huh. Chubby Checkers. Yeah, and he was from the Philly area. Yeah, but I from... never I never realized that they were, he was making fun of the other dude's name. No, I didn't know that either. <laughs> See, well, somebody once told me. In fact, there was a band in the city called Black Humor. And they had this song called Hippies in Black Leather Jackets. And there was a uh -huh. line in it that said, the only thing new is you finding out about it. And that was Black Humor. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. They, they went to thrift stores and shit and got all these soul records and just spray painted their own name on the oh, cover. Oh, <laughs> wait, I, I think I know who you mean. This is from the oh. early 80s, right? Yeah, uh... It's an cr incredible right. record. I mean, it's it's kind of on a throb and gristle, kind of a, a pasted together smegma kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. My uh, a friend of mine just just gifted me that record from his store. He works. Uh, shout out to Rob. He works at One Two Three Four Go, who I'm in a band with. I do another band called Musk, 
Okay, and uh, that's a really rare record. There wasn't that many. Yeah, days. he gave me that, and I'm because it just I was like, wait, Black Humor. They have some San Francisco uh, history to them too, I think. No, that's where they're from. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, 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 he gave it to me. He was like, Jim, you're gonna love this. It, it is maybe a, about six months a, ago. It, it totally went over my head because I'm fairly familiar with like some unheard, you know, uh, stuff like that from the '80s and all. Because when you said DIY yeah. hardcore punk scene, and but it's like really arty and collagey. Yeah, but Jim, and, that's a problem. When people think that? that's the problem, when people think of punk, they think of guitar music played real fast. When actually oh, yeah. in the days of the movement, especially 70s punk, yeah. it was any fucking thing. There was, a, there was a band from the city called No Mercy with H, you know, N-O-H, like the Japanese opera. It was yeah 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 slightly vague. I mean, okay, I it was just a drummer. It was just a drummer, and two ladies, a drummer and a singer. Right. It well, was, look at look at suicide. Same same thing, right? Right. Yeah. So this idea that punk was just fast guitar music, uh, teenagers in the suburbs—that's hardcore. Yeah. You're right. It's a little later in the eighties. Yeah. But in the seventies, it was anything goes. Yeah. So so you're in the car here in Steely Dan. By the way, Donald Fagan, Walter Becker, I do think set, shared one semester at Bard with yes. Chevy Chase. Yes, that's that's where I got it wrong. It was just kind of this urban myth that got spread around that I because they sing it about true. it. They sing about it in fucking my old school. That gladiolas are growing outside your door. That'll be the day I go back to Annadale. And Annadale's a town right near Bard. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Have you, I'm have not you that big of, of a Chevy Chase of, fan, so I don't know the fuck of, about him. Well, yeah. Have you heard of Bar have you heard of uh, Wolf Eyes and uh, Insane Johnny? Who uh, does these funny ass memes on Instagram? Well, he uses Bard as a reference. I'm just thinking no, of no, but I played I, I played that school yeah. uh, in the Minuteman twice. In fact, there's a famous MTV interview done right outside. Oh wait, yeah, D Boone giving a lecture. D Boone giving a lecture on a on a blackboard, but super eight, so there's no audio. That's not the MTV part. But let, uh, let's get back to you now. This car you're driving around with your folks here in the Dan is this is in Boston area? No, Philly. Philly area. Philly. Philly area. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, great. great. Uh, John Coltrane bought his first house here on Thirty Third Street. I take always my bands there to go see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still by, live by the zoo. Too, I still live. I still live not too. In my 20s, I lived not far from there. What was the pad did. called? The, the North Star Bar. North Star Bar, yeah. Right, right. That's, that's, that, I used to live three, four blocks from there. Okay, so the pad... By the art museum. Yeah, they had... Uh, you, where you sat at the bar, they had a trough for pissing, so you didn't have to get up. I don't think it was used. It was inactive, but... Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't remember if it was there when I was I there. Do. They might have... Well, I remember shit out. like that. A lot of them in Tijuana, but there was one there at the North Star. I heard they're going to reopen soon. Anyway, anyway, getting back to your story. In the pad you grew up, was there any in musical instruments? In my, say again? Can you ask that question again? The pad you grew up, was there any instruments? Were your parents oh, and, players? When my parents, uh, not really. I mean, my mom played a little of piano. So there was a when piano. When she was a child. But there wasn't any musical instruments laying around, oh. per se. Other than over in my grandfather's house, there was a bunch of instruments that no one really played that were laying around. Like, there was a piano there. I think uh, accordion. There is my uncle's trumpet over there. 
uh, but, bunch but, of guitars, just acoustic guitars, but like folk parlor parlor type of guitars, if you know what I mean by that. And I think by 12 years old, I I, I originally wanted to play drums, but why? Why? Said, why? I don't know. I okay, was, that's fair enough. It, but I think I mean, just music just hit me right away at five, four, five, six years old, and I I you know this was still in the 70s and going into the 80s, so. Everything you heard on the radio at that time, it was just, everything was great. Everything was so good. And I liked everything pretty much, all well, styles. What and was... I, but then I started gravitating towards the heavier stuff, towards like Black Sabbath and ACDC, like eight, nine years old. And then my cousin and I would, would listen to Aussie records and Black Sabbath records and put models together. Um, what was the first record you bought yourself? Uh... I, you know, I used to tape stuff off the radio, make comp tapes at like eight, yeah, seven years old. But I'm talking about something that you would spend your but, own money on. Uh, I'm trying to think what the first record, I don't even remember the first record. I remember I, tapes, lots of tapes, cassette tapes. See, if you're going to spend your own money, I think you'd have to be kind of way into it when you're a kid, right? Well, my parents had records laying around in the, base, in the basement. But you can't remember the, the first record in. you bought. I can't remember. Okay, what was remember. Okay, that's so good. That, that, that's okay. It's okay. But, but they, they had, they, I used to spin their records because, I, I mean, I used to have records growing up as a kid where I had like a kid's records and then my parents, 45, 7 inches, I used to spin them and then they had like all the classic rock from the late 60s, early 70s, like fucking Doors, Beatles, Rolling Stones, CCR, I know, um, I know, I know. I, I can believe that. All that. And that, that, yeah, that, helped, that, that helped educate and inform that. And I just, I did, that was just kind of laying around. And then I, and then by the time I was like 12 or 13, I, you know, I was starting to, I think, buy records or tape. More, it was all cassette tapes. And I, I didn't okay, really what's the first records, cassette, what, what was the first cassette tape you bought? I think it was, don't let, <laughs> this is embarrassing, but it was a sticks tape. Oh, that's uh, all right. <laughs> I don't like it's them. Not, it's not punk. It's, it's not <laughs> punk or cool in the scene, yo. It wasn't until I was twelve years old. Yeah, I, I hated the dial, and I heard Black Flag on the radio, and I was, I, I was like, wait, that. And it wasn't until like a year or two later that I started like, my neighbor and I, we, we would just, you know, geek out and go to record stores, or whatever, and buy records or tapes. And I had a um, landlord. That's, that when, I, that's when I started getting. It was like metal and punk. I was like really stark. And some rap too. I was getting into like 12, 13, 14. What's the first gig you went to? What's Jim, what's the first gig you went to? Gig. It might have been like a, uh, it was some thrash metal band from New Jersey called Faith or Fear. And saw them at Bonnie's, this club called Bonnie's in the Sticks. And I don't know if you ever heard of like a, the, uh, uh, there's seven woods over there. I'm trying to think what they are called now. Um, they'll come to me. But yeah, that was the first gig. And what about yeah, at school? 14, 14 or 15? What about uh, school? Were you in the in the marching it? band or the choir or shit like that? School was horrible. High school was a joke. Uh, I feel like I just walked around. No, I'm talking about music pick. wise. Music wise. Well, I'm leading that. There is a. There was only one or two classes that I would actually pay attention to and be able to focus. And one of was a graphic arts, and then it was elective classes that I could take. And I and and then we also had a guitar class. And so I started playing guitar like fifteen, really. Before that, I I lifted or from 
not lifted, <laughs> gifted uh, guitar from my grandfather's house. And I just took that home and tried to learn at like 14. And then at high school, I there was guitar class, so I, I would take guitar classes and it, learn, God, just, I don't know, like sheet music type of, like, or uh, fake book type of songs. You know, it could be like, Crosby's Nils and Stash Nash songs and anything that they they had would show chord structures and melodies and how to play and then by that time I was starting to take guitar lessons and I gravitated you know after not after not being able to get drums at like ten or eleven I I uh, I just over to guitar and I was really immersed in playing as much guitar and learning as much music through the guitar and with lessons I ran the gamut of uh you know under learning how to read uh all type you know any any scale um possible and trying to get into theory and and mel bay you know about mel bay you of know course books? also uh, the alfred's guitar method yeah yeah all that yeah, i went through all that <laughs> and then i started taking some <laughs> classical guitar lessons as well and but they also taught they also taught you in school that's interesting because a lot of schools you did marching band shit not really guitar well, they had marching band, but I just, I, I was, I was, I was, I just fit, I was a fucking Terry the Punch Bowl. I didn't fit into anything. <laughs> like me. And I, I didn't fit into anything. I couldn't fit into theater. I couldn't fit in with jocks. I could, yeah. I was able to get along with each one person, each click, you know, and get along with everybody. But I was just a fucking Terry the Punch Bowl and a, and a wallflower. And I was just floating through the hallways, just yeah. waiting to get to the next class to take the bathroom pass so I could just. Rome, get out of there. Get the fuck out just, of Dodge. Ugh, right? Get the fuck out of there. Yeah, I want to play. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I want to play. I spent like two, three. Go ahead. I want to play Cut to Ribbons, New Ronnie's.
I stand perfectly still in the classroom corner, wearing a paper dunce cap while balancing on one leg. A memory, knocking a pitcher of water off the countertop just to watch it shatter. Tonight, I hear the fireworks outside, crackling the stillness inside. A thought, the story of a girl who had tumbled into a cave and crawled her way out and up. Alive and quiet. I wear a red cloak to the 4th of July picnic. I stand still beside a pine tree. Three drops of sap land on my cheek. Focus my eye on a cave swallow until the fireworks end. For Pedro Show, that was New Ronnie's with Cut to Rib- Ribbons to start that off. Then we had Wild Rats doing Smoke. That's a uh, Proj Thurston, Steve Shelley, and myself did with uh, Ron Ashton for a movie called Velvet Goldmine in 1996. Oh, wait, wasn't that like in 96 or 97? You're right, 1997. Okay. And there was a whole bunch of Iggy Wasn't Iggy involved at some point with that? No, it was a guy who kind of played a character uh, that was kind of Kurt Cobain, kind of egg. And then another guy played a dude that was kind of like Bowie. Oh, okay. It was trippy. Todd Haynes did it. Mike uh, Stott produced it. But anyway, there was a lot of outtakes, so I've been playing that stuff on the show. Then we had Silver Apples with Dust. We lost Brother Simeon. Simeon Cox, Silver Apples. 
Yeah, great uh, man ahead of his time, in his time. Incredible cat, Knoxville. I saw him. I saw him play once, man. It was it was good. Yeah. Just him by himself. He fucking killed it. Yeah, but, but, and he kept going. You know, he was in that car wreck and shit, and just kept charging. Yeah. Got a guy by voices after that. The stars behind us. Few with Aqua from her first record. Black Lodge out of England with Willow Bridge. His name is Alive, brand new. Guitar and Mirage. Well, maybe it's a couple months. And Amashi. They're still kicking? His name is Alive? They're yeah. still kicking? D different forms. He's been taking a, uh, a lot of tapes because he, he made cassettes when he was younger. And he's been redoing yeah. those things. Yeah, like re remixing them and shit, repurposing them. Mashi went after that was still, she's a poet. She used to be in the SoCal scene in the 70s and 80s here. And now she lives up in the city, uh, East Bay, East Bay. And this was her reading last month. And then finally, New Clone Incorporated with Entropic Pop Game. So what happened after high school? Well, let me ask you this, Jim. Did you do the thing like after school where you got a garage band, a basement band, a cellar, you know, bedroom band? No. You never did that? Okay. No, I, it, no, there was, a, you know, I, yes, I, I just kind of, I mean, I would go to shows, my my neighbor, my neighbors and I, we'd, we'd hang out, go, go to shows, and uh, but Playing in any bands, it wasn't until maybe in my early, way out of high school. And, uh, you know, I'm like my neighbor. I know he played bass and I played guitar, but we never we never put a band together. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't until maybe uh, I, I started going to community college in Philly. And then I, I met some people. And then that's where I started to put bands together and, and, and uh yeah. What, what, what was the first the trip? 90s. What was the first music trip for you? My first band? Or whatever, proj, collaboration? Uh, it was it was actually an apartment that I lived in, and then in the, it was in the basement. We had what was called uh, Maurice Cheeks, which was a basketball player sure. for the 76ers. I remember. Mo Cheeks. Yeah. And so, like, that, we, we were just goofing on a name and then it and then it merged into wingman hug it was just first the two of us and then uh yeah and that that was in a basement i'm curious it's in philly in philly it was great because like you could move into a house for pretty cheap and <laughs> back then and have you know some roommates and then have a basement and then wouldn't have to get a practice space and then uh so I did that for a bit, and then what was the material? So was the material original, or did you copy stuff off records? Always made original material. Never, never, oh, great. never, never did any uh, covers really at that time, except for I'm trying to think. The first few Ronnie's set, the first couple of shows we did, uh, we did a Red Cross cover band because we thought it was funny. Um, that the song's called Cover Band. Right, and right. Covering the song. But that's the that's the only cover song that we... And then later on... I think it, go, it goes good with that one. Uh, it goes good with that one, Standing in Front of Poser. What's that? Uh, I'm not... <laughs> cover Bands. It's a, I, I remember it was oh. Annette Got the Hits, uh, Standing in yeah. Front of Poser, and Cover Bands. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And some so, of them ended but, up circle jerk songs with different words. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I thought, you know, I, I was just, for the first time, I, I finally watched the, the circle jerks documentary, and I was listening to Keith talk about that, his, uh, his, his theft of songs and like, Hey, it's fucking mine. And I'm going to change it. Look at what old blue, old jazz or old blues standards, yeah, you know, know, how they would kind of, it, that's what it reminds, that was my first thought that gave him like a artistic license in my mind, you know, as he was talking, like, yeah, dude, do it. But was it just every guy appropriate would... and reappropriate and make it your own, even though it's partly your own anyway. And, well, every guy and, in the uh, band, every guy in the band, whatever band they were in before, they took a song from the old band and brought it to the Circle Jerks. Yeah, and then maybe that was overcoming his. Uh, but it wasn't just Keith. Anxiety, it was Greg. Anxiety about coming up about with material. I don't know. But it wasn't just Keith. It was Greg. It was Roger. It was uh, maybe Lucky didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Look, look, you're it's right. Only- you're you're right. But I think Led Zeppelin is getting taken to court again over this. Stay away to heaven thing. Well, that's a that's another bet. I mean, he they, he uh, ripped off Willie Dixon pretty hard. Well, they know, ended uh, up ha- they ended up having to pay him though. Oh, they did. Yeah, brother. That's good. Brother Matt met Willie Dixon. He said he opened up a drawer. He said, "I got two hundred songs in here I never recorded. Took him to his house." Holy. Yeah. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, September twelfth, twenty twenty edition Watt for Pedro show. Hold tight, fire two. September 12, 2020. It's the second hour of the Law from Pedro show.
my sails are full of holes ah, The wind just blows right through That's why I'm out here on the ocean Instead of where I need to get to If you dance on my SOS Honey, I sure be glad to see you North Star up above so I know which way to go oh, but my shit is dead in the water I need a little help, you know I don't know what else I can say Except for honey, I need you so
Pedro Show, start off the second hour. New Clone Incorporated, Ghost Baby Ghost. Then Sam Bennett in Tokyo with SOS. Bertram Turetsky and Damon Smith, both on the stand-up bass doing uh, Chakravine. That's a name. Uh, Chrome. They, 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 that's a band from the city, old days. Uh, uh, Sound and Light. Helios Creed. I think he's going through some medical stuff right now. Wharton Tears out of New York City. Used to record early Sonic Youth, Primary Wave, and finally gone from New Clone Incorporated. So tell me about the first new Ronnie's gig there, Jim. That was a muscle fact, uh, uh, a muscle factory type of gym. For some reason, we knew someone that was either working there or they knew someone else that, that worked there and it, they invited us to set up and play and that was our first show uh the three of us at the time and we it was like an open door that opened up into the street and so here in the background it's just exercise equipment and we we play a set a set maybe like 15 minutes one song uh that i that i had floating around that started the free rise because it started as a kind of a living room four track project and that was the first uh, gig we was at a was at a was at a fucking muscle factory type of gym whatever you want to call it and um new started ronnie started out um a friend of mine that i was working with at the time richie who runs richie records who's a drummer for clock cleaner and does watery love and other stuff um we were working and I had a bunch of songs I had on a CDR and we were in a truck and I popped it in. He wanted to listen to it and and uh, he was like, wow, this is really good. I'll tell you what, since uh, if you if you get a band together, you get a couple other dudes uh, to back you. I'll, 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 I'll put this out on, on my label. I'm like, all right. So he took me on that, up on that. And that's how Finrani uh, is really kind of catapulted from there now that stuff he heard um, was that just you on the tape which which one the, the one the you played in, the, yeah that you played in the truck yeah it was just me it was just me uh like watchful eye was one of the songs at the time and i had that floating around for about a year i was just i on a four track and then i finished it about a year later but it started off i was in another band called the high tops and it was just it was all right. It was kind of mediocre to me. And every time I'd come home from practice, I would just still want to, you know, make, you know, create, make, make songs. And, and I, I would just get frustrated at practice and just get, get home and like, all right, I'm just going to still, you know, work on shit. And then that's when the first kind of effing Ronnie, Ronnie stuff, uh, Eva from, uh, Watchful Eye. There's another song called Meat, which is off the first seven inch that, that was on Richie Records. And, so yeah, that was pretty much the start of that. And the name came from, we had different names at the time. One was like stupid ass names before we settled on a name. I hate band names as it is. So um, trying to come up with them and we were about to play a show 
and they needed a name and we were just like ah oh, what are we going to go under what moniker are we going to be tonight you know it was like stupid ass shit like freedom fries or d's nuts dumbass shit so uh i looked at the side of an amp that we were using in the basement and there was a bike messenger sticker with a dude's carrier's face and then next to it had a name that was written in that said fnu ronnie and that was the what he used as a tag to put on his shirt or whatever to get through skyscraper downtown buildings and i didn't even know we didn't even know who he was but the sticker was on the amp and i just looked at the side of the amp i was like uh that's our name and it just stuck and i didn't even know what fnu meant at that point and i looked it up and it all kind of morphed from there and made a myth out of that you know what's that mean it's police First talk for, uh, yeah but I, I look at it like it, but it's more fnord fnord <laughs> kind of the invisible the NFL, right the that's right Part of the yeah. brainwash. You, look, I want to play the shit, okay?
to the streets and I ventilate with prejudice. I save them with a drowning. I save them with a drowning. Frank Castle, motherfucker, ain't no murder needs a count. Treasonous activity, I put you in a locker. Got an eye on you if sus, 200 pesos buys a fraud. I don't live in a palace. Don't live in a palace Fuck your money and our fathers Look you sideways if your power I'm a criminal Yeah, we're dummies in a theater Let a dog starve and everything will look like dinner I do what the fuck I want And I do what the fuck I want Yeah, you made a monster I'm not in your jurisdiction I'm a criminal
summer so far that we decided that we'll open the show with a song about winter. It's a song called Big Winter, which you're going to be bitching about soon.
Marching through the wind and rain, let's go see the wall again. Marching through the wind and rain, let's go see the wall again. Stop, 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 Don't make me stop, 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 show we started that chunk of music out with the shit from new clone incorporated then grex we had uh carl on the show a couple episodes criminal this is that tune he was talking about very heavy home and garden that's tony babodian 
Scott Kraus side prods from old days. But something more recent with, I think Scott's son is singing, Big Winner. Which we need to put out some of these fires. Cal Portoros with Port Maria from Slovenia. The Hawk from Iowa City with 10, 17. And finally, Shake the Hand. Maybe not these days. <laughs> New Clone Incorporated. Jim. Yo. When did you I'm make here. the change? How, how long did New Ronnie's end up lasting? Uh, okay, so that started about two of. 2005 and maybe till about 2009 or 10 i moved out here with my then uh i moved from philly to san francisco and the plan was originally that i was gonna move here and then two other guys mike and kyle were gonna move out here and um so that was like 2009 or 2010 and they eventually they didn't move out here, but I just kept I kept it going. And um, in twenty twelve we had Saddle Up that came out. That was the last record. It took a few years and Load put it out, but it, it took a while. But that was it was pretty much just me on, you know, at that point, even though it started started off as a living room, you know, project as my own and I think it was kinda okay to just keep going with it and just appro appropriate the new part but change it into clone. because um, we had utilized these an idea during the Gollum EP to have characters uh, gnome, drone, and clone, and uh, kind of an offshoot of like a Wu Tang thing, but you know not as apparent. And just a clone stuck, and I just kind of rolled with it because I just don't like band names, and I just thought it was funny that it was FNU first name unknown clone and incorporated, and just kind of a play on technology creeping into our lives, and yada yada. So you're a band man alone in the city. Do you start doing gigs as new clone ink one man well, one man gigs? No. What happened was out here, um, I we did a tour off of Saddle Up after Load put it out, and Mike was gonna fly out and do it, but he, he couldn't do it and not available at the time, so I got uh, two other dudes to do it and to support the record because it came out on load. And we, so it was still Ronnie's, but at that point we, we uh, were stopped. And then I was playing in another band called Pours. And I was really not too happy about getting stuff, how we were getting stuff done. And um, I, I get frustrated. And everyone, Philly is different from Bay Area in terms of getting stuff done. I just, felt like I was more productive back there and it was easier to roll with people out here. It's seemingly everyone's in three or four different bands scheduling, you know, it's just super expensive to live here. Everyone, you know, so I, I was in pours and we weren't getting shit done the way I wanted to. So I'd come home and I'm like, I'm just gonna, you know, I got all these ideas cause I'm always working on stuff. I'm always writing and, that I, I just decided to put a record together and I ended up putting that record together and pores broke up. Um, and, but John and I kept going, working on stuff. And that's how we come up with the computer record. So simultaneously I worked on binary or die record. Uh, and then John and I worked on the computer record and I would just get up in the morning at five thirty-six, work my carrier job I had at that time a shift or sometimes two shift and just work until 10 o'clock at night, you know, just doing art stuff and music stuff, but for two or three years straight. 
And after I got done, that's that's the result of that was by now you're a die record and also computer's first record called Internet. And I published a uh, photo book at that time doing street photography. Um, so it was a really productive, busy year, and there was no shows. I didn't. But once Binary Die came out, um, Ned, who's in CCR Head Cleaner, he, uh, you know, him and uh, a friend of mine, Haley, um, decided to um, get the 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 version of the Saddle Up tour that we had back together and help me support the Binary Die record when it came out. So that morphed into a band clone incorporated and that's that's been going on since 2017 when the record came out of course everything's effed up now so you know we're on hiatus but uh at first we had ned on guitar um haley who does a project called bomb people might have heard of mom uh and kyle on bass my friend kyle and uh Chris, Wood, Chris Woodhouse was doing drums, uh, but he moved out to Iowa. And Chris is known for uh, FM Knives, uh, Karate Party, The Mayors. Uh, he, he did work on uh, with John Dwyer with the OCs, recorded a record, recorded stuff with him and, and Ty Seagal. So I was always bummed when he left. Uh, I thought I really gelled well with him. But uh, there was another drummer that came along, and, and Chris Woodhouse was all, that's the younger version of me. You should take him and, you know, utilize What's his, name? his talents. Patrick, Patrick Shelley. Okay, Patrick, Patrick Shelley. He's in SAC right now. He's, in, he's back up in Sacramento. But Sactown. We're, we're, he's in Sactown. And Chris Woodhouse is from Sactown, too. I mean, I, 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 my, and Shelley, my are from Sac. Same family Sorry? name. Shelley. Same name as Steve Shelley, Pete Shelley. Buzzcock, Sonic Youth. Look maybe, what? maybe they're really maybe they're related but i doubt it so yeah so yeah so, <laughs> no i know yeah, pete shelley i've got a, go ahead pete shelley took his name from the poet look we're at the end of the second hour september 12th 2020 dish Show. special guest jim hold time for hour three september 12th 2020 it's the third hour of the walk from pedro show
for Pedro show we start off the third hour with that project Jim was telling you guys about computer you know we don't like band names so he made some music with a pewter he called it pewter and and uh, this tune was space funk uh, Jim says it's long but I mean but John Coltrane once asked Miles Davis Miles I can't how do I stop playing and Miles said well you take the motherfucking mouthpiece out of your motherfucking mouth yeah. <laughs> Crane after that with Techno Stop. Well, it's in the Quincy Troop book. You know, Miles made a lot of shit up. Who knows? Ascension or whatever. Side A from Moldom and the Balmore Band. Some wild stuff out of Balmore. And finally, New Clone Inc. 
with stupid people. Hate the fucking world. Tell me about the first few Clone Inc. gig. Uh, I'm trying to think. Where was that? Oh, my God. It wasn't um, at a muscle place, was it? Say again? It wasn't at a muscle place like the new rock. Yeah, this was in... This, I think it was at the... The Hemlock. Ah, I know that place. You where the streets yeah. are named after trees. Yeah, near Pope. The Hemlock. Yeah, near Hemlock. Pope. We, we were really bummed when that when that went down last a couple of years ago. But yeah. um, that was I think that was the first show. It was uh, and how'd it go? How'd it go? Went great. We I think it was like the first first or second show. We played with Fee Time, if you know who Fee Time is yeah. from Australia. That was exciting. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, we we went on tour. We we went we went down to L.A. Uh, Where'd you play down we, we here? Did Long, we did San Diego, then we did Long Beach, and then uh, we came back up. So there's only like one tour. Where did you play we in hoping, SoCal? Hoping to do another tour, but you know, touring's kind of here or there sometimes. I I like it, but sometimes I don't give a shit about it. Where did you play in SoCal? Uh, uh, we played at this bowling alley in L.A. with the Lamps and and Musk. Um, band I'm in now, but I wasn't in the band at that time. And where, um, where in Long Beach? You, say again? Where in Long Beach? 4th Street. There's a guy named Jim. Sure, sure. 4th Street. Wine. It's called 4th Street Fine. He rules. Jim, he's a good, good he's a cat. Sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a wine bar. Yeah, it's kind of a wine bar. Yeah, yeah. we played there. He was great. Um, and we played in San Diego. I can't remember where he played, but, but at that at that show in San Diego, it was funny because Chris Woodhouse had just come down from having the flu from before we left, and he 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 was finally feeling better, and then we were excited. We thought you know there was going to be at least a decent amount of people, but no one showed up. It was like four people, and I feel like that was the best show. I, I was so pissed off. I just and I was excited to play, and Chris was not was feeling better. I think that was like the best show I ever played in my life to like four people. Yeah, because fine. because in San Diego, if there's another show up the street or down over on the other side of town, forget it. And I think it was uh, uh, not the King Brothers. Um, Weezer. There, there's the Japanese band where the the, the guys comb their hair all the time. Uh, <laughs> oh fuck! I don't know, but what we call it? we call them. What is it? We call I know them. What it is? Hold on. Ah, but they were playing up the street, and everyone was at that show. So, and then we played San Luis, San Luis, we went slow, San Luis Obispo. We played there too at a house show, and yeah. that was fun. Yeah, that's about a hundred miles north of Santa Barbara. Um, yeah, we call them kind of gigs character builders. What's that? Where, where there's a lot of reverb. Not big attendance. Yep. Not big attendance. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that flew over my head. I'm like, sorry, oh, sorry about that. Uh, I remember, and there, and there was a sound guy who was he. He was, you know, I don't want to talk shit, but it was the typical stereotype sound dude. You're just like, oh, we got to deal with this guy tonight. <laughs> and, and he's just like leaving for 15 minutes, coming back. Yeah, yeah. Just all like, blah, 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 blah. like he was on meth or speed or some shit. And I, it was just so hard to deal with. And I was just, I, I, that was why I just got, I was so pissed dealing with him because I was like holding back. I was being polite as possible. And I was like, oh, I don't want to deal with this fucking dude. 
And as soon as we were playing, you know, as soon as we got on, we, you know, started playing, it was, it was, it erupted on fire. And I remember my friend Chris, who plays guitar in Musk, um, get outside. He's like, what the fuck, dude? That was like the best I've ever seen you guys. I was like, I don't know, it felt like the best show I ever played in my life. I was just so, you know, like, fuck it, four people here, let's go, let's do it. Reverb. You know what? A farmer would tell you if you want a good crop, use a lot of manure. There you go. I want to play Wow Signal in the flat screen blues.
we go. Well, I'm from Pedro Show. Last chunk of music for this edition. New Clone Incorporated with Wow Signal and the Flat Screen Blues. Then we had Zena Perkins, Diane LaBrosse, Joanne Hetu, Danielle Paldry, and Tenko doing Le Broliard. And then finally, New Clone Incorporated with Walk on Water. You know, there was a Creedence Clearwater Revival song called Walking on the Water. And, and it's got two, there's two notable things about that song, Jim. One of What's them, that? Richard Hell and the Voidoids covered it on their first album, Blank Generation. I didn't, I, I didn't put the two together. I mean, I've heard that right And get this. Years. And I asked, I, asked, I, didn't I, asked I didn't know that was the CCR cover. I asked Richard Hell about it. He said it was Bob Quine's idea. And then I found out about the song. It's the... You know, Creedence had two brothers, John Fogarty and Tom Fogarty. They're kind of mm -hmm. by near you then, but there was East Bay, uh, El Cerrito, El, El Richmond. No, up by uh, uh, Albany and Berkeley. Albany. Yeah, not as far yeah. as Richmond. It's still kind of in the Bay Area, okay? Yeah, yeah, it's El Cerrito. Anyway, yeah. John Fogarty was younger brother. He took over his older brother's band. The only Creedence song Tom Fogarty wrote was "Walking on the Water." But you huh. want, you wanted to hit me to the story behind wow signal and the flat screen blues uh, uh just how that came about it was a collab with mike michael reeser who is the original basis of ronnie's so we're still working on stuff and we hadn't for a good amount of years and that was the first song we worked on we did cut the ribbons as well that earlier song if you if you played it and yeah, he's the one I came did. up with the whole just really quick because i kind of pre-associative and thinking and it just reminds me of how this came about of me even talking to you right now what maybe about four months ago mike texted me he's all hey you, here's this link you might you might like it there's these two guys nerding out talking about a blue Oyster cult record with mike watt <laughs> and and i started listening to it it was just like some sunday night lazy sunday night and and of course i know you Minutemen, and all that came up you know listening to you guys and I'm like, I just, I was just amazed how excited you were talking in a way where it, it reminded me of growing up and being so excited about music that it, it gave you so much happiness and joy and cancels all, you know, I don't know. It, it, it just resonates something where it made it innocent again in, in my mind instead of being jaded about shit. And I was like, wow, this is great. So I listened to the whole thing. I, you were, was it a red and black record, I think? Um, it's called Tyranny and Mutation. To, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and um, so, yeah, I, I was like, wow. And then you talked about your radio show, which I like how you said it's a radio show. It's not a podcast. I won't use and, that word. Won't use that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, oh, man, this is great. I love his attitude about that. So like, I was like, oh, let me look it up. So I looked it up, what you had. And two weeks before that, you had Evan on, Evan Lipson. That's Shout right. Out to Evan. He's the connect. He's the connect. So Mike Reeser, who's the basis from Ronnie's, sends me a link about you on a show to two guys nerding out about the blues cult record. <laughs> and then I look up and it's Evans on there that you interviewed. And I, and I texted Evan, you know, like after I, I did right away, I was like, dude, I didn't know you were on my watch show. He's like, yeah, it's great. Blah, blah, blah. You know, he's a great dude to talk to and everything. And he's like, Hey, you want to, you want to get on it? Get on there. And, you know, like, uh, you know, he asked me to, if I, if he had any, anyone in mind, and he's like, I was even going to mention Fnu to him, but I thought that would freak him out he says but um so yeah so like and then two weeks i was like yeah sure whatever and just kind of nixed it off and then two weeks later evan writes me back he's like you're on so <laughs> that goes back to mike mike reeser who sent me the original link because if he didn't send me that link and me listening to you yeah. talk about the boys or cult record 
And then me knowing that you talked to Evan, that would have never happened. So the well signal and the flat screen bruise started off um, at the binary dive. was already out out there and, and, and done with. And I was kind of kicking some new stuff around. And Mike had shown some interest on wanting to do, you know, work on a new songs. We hadn't worked on any songs in about like 10 years. And so he sent me some, he's like, yeah, I'll send some ideas. They probably suck, but whatever. It just, just gets, let's get the, you know, wheels greased and see what we can do with it. He sends over just this random kind of track with some uh, some weird accordion and some slide guitar. He's like, see what you can do with it. And in the meantime, I passed him an audio collage tape of um, from time to time. I work on just cut up collage tapes. It could be like shortcast radio, uh, shortwave radio or just ad hoc anything under the under under the umbrella in terms of sound or audio. So I had this kind of cheesy kind of like futuristic sci-fi dystopian uh kind of kind of thing going on about about uh i don't know um technology and i just for some reason i set up my computer and played the bot voice with the words that i wrote and recorded it then i sent the tape to mike and it had it might have been like two minutes worth of um spoken word bot shit sounding and then he cut it up and rearranged the words and sent it back to me, and then I put it over top his track, and then put synth and uh, kind of MIDI type of weird kind of ambient sounds over top of it. And well, signals from 1976, I think that uh, a far out distance signal came out from somewhere, and that's where it was called the well signal. Whoa! From yeah, that's wild, Jim. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, there's Facebook. There's FNU. Uh, FNU our clone you can, you can there's a instagram jim val j-i-j-i-m-v-e-i-l at instagram and and then yeah that's it there's not really much of a you know big splash on the internet you don't there's have band camp there's some band camp stuff but i don't i don't whatever about band camp i'm just not into it as much no why i don't know i don't know you know what it is you like fake look better than band camp i want to go back to myspace Okay. <laughs> I miss MySpace. MySpace was rad because it fucking like it, okay. There's people I've met on MySpace through the music community and set up tours through MySpace yeah. that I'm still friends with today. Yeah. That, like long lasting, lifelong friendships. Like John, uh, my friend Kyle, my friend Cade, bunch of people. You know, like whether we're playing music now or not. Like it, it, it. But at the time, it was so easy. It was like the DIY '80s scene where you know, or you were getting dialers for phones. And set up tours because you didn't have the money to put in the payphone to call all these people. You know about the you captain. Know, you know about the Say captain. It? The captain crunch whistle. There was yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the the, 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 the hertz. It was the four hundred sixty-two hertz or five twenty or hertz that like yeah yeah we're fr we're freaking now. You want to go back to talking about Fjord and Eris and. Uh, and Church of the Subgenius. I, I, um, I would love to. I would love to. Principia Discordia, but we're out of time. It's been really <laughs> big honor for me to have you. When you get the new fucking new clone incorporated record out, will you come back on the show and talk about it? Absolutely. Should I uh Absolutely. text message? Should I message you, let you know? You got my email address. I've had it since the early nineties. Got it. Okay, thank you yeah, so much. It's a Jim. pleasure, Mike. I, you know, like I, I'm just, blah, 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 I don't know how to talk. I feel like an idiot, but no, yeah, you're, you're great. great. Don't worry great about talking. it. And you, and you also do some great talking through your music. I love it. Keep on keeping on, please, Jim. People, you got it. it's been the September 12, 2020 edition of Waffle Pete Road Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs> <laughs>